Big Sloth. Hello, hi, how are you? Welcome to Grumpy Cat's Worst Christmas Ever, the movie! You don't have to watch it, but I know you're going to, so if you do, you might be treated to high-speed car chases. explosions. Boom. Bang. That was huge. A hero in a leotard and cape who saves the world and who doesn't look like a puppet at all. Stop making me dance. Anyway, I only mention those things to get your hopes up. That way, I can enjoy your disappointment when you realize this movie is just a sappy melodrama, mostly about me. Grumpy Cat, you're welcome. Hey everybody, I'm Joel Murphy. And I'm Andy McIntyre. And this is Silver Linings Playback, and it is the podcast where we, me and Andy, watch maligned movies, and then you know what we do with them? find their silver linings did aubrey plaza do our job with the intro yeah all right see you next year guys <laughs> bye um so since we're not since aubrey, aubrey plaza already did our job uh, i just want to say man does christmas and hollis blend into our intro really well i get kind of sad you know when january hits and we have to stop using it if i could play that year round i think i would because uh, Christmas and Hollis, definitely the best Christmas song released after 1975. Yeah, the best Christmas song that Nat King Cole wasn't involved in making. Do we know that he wasn't involved in making Christmas and Hollis? That's true. Could he secretly be Daryl McDaniel's dad? I mean, anyone could secretly be someone's dad, I guess, because that's what makes it a secret. Right. That's fair. Yeah. Their version of Unforgettable really brings a tear to your eye. It does. <laughs> it's, dare I say, Unforgettable. Oh, I think you dare. Yeah. You it dare. was. I like when they did that one where they blended their voices and his. Yeah. Yeah. It's good stuff. Turned it into a um, duet. Yeah. Anyways, we're talking about Grumpy Cat. It's Christmas. And you know what? I'm going to say it from the top. I was worried because we were out of the dog who saved movies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but man, is this in that same wheelhouse? Well, definitely wheelhouse. But can we let's speculate? Is does this take place in the dog who cinematic universe? I mean, the rules seem to be the same. Yeah. Which is that there's nothing that says that they can't play basketball. First of all. Right. Number one. That's, first and foremost. that's the first rule. Uh, but yeah, um, it's a it's similar to the and we, you all know what we're talking about. I'm sure if you're listening to this, uh, the the thing that I believe um, that real life supervillain Dean Cain is most known for, besides being a real life supervillain, is starring in the Dog Who film saved series. Yeah, and in those movies. Yeah, it, it's all the animals can talk to each other. Their lips don't move. They speak telepathically to one another. In English. In English. 
And but with accents vaguely tied to the uh, country of origin of their um, animal. Look, you know, when you say it like that, it sounds silly. But I will tell you that I did just see the film Napoleon by Ridley Scott. And in that movie, it's just it takes place in France. And it's just like, hello, I am Napoleon. Hello, Napoleon. We are the French government, and these are our French accents. We're speaking French. So I guess you can just do that. I think you can do whatever you... I, like, it's always weird for me, because, like, when Hollywood movies are featuring actors that are theoretically in-universe in speaking French or German or whatever, uh, and then in the, but we hear them speaking it with that accent, which I always think is a weird choice. I don't know, but is that better or worse? Like, that's a good question because again, I don't in, know the answer. Yeah, because I think like was it was it the Hunt for Red October? I think that was the one that I I kind of like the way they did it. If that's the one I'm thinking of, where they were, I believe it was Russian. They were speaking in Russian, and then it's like they kind of did a camera move, almost like a you know the thing to kind of spin the camera around to let you know something's happening, and then they were just speaking in English but with the same Russian accents. And I felt like that visually lets you know we're translating this for you, but they are speaking Russian rather than subtitling the whole thing. Yeah. I also, for the record, am fine with subtitles. I mean, I guess oh, it, no, I, I'm more than fine with subtitles. Yeah. It would be silly, I guess, to make Joaquin Phoenix learn French and speak it the whole time to subtitle him for an American what audience. It though? But he what would it? do it for sure. If, if, if there's. A short list of actors who would do that. It is Joaquin Phoenix. At a minimum, he would phonetically learn all of his lines. Yes, 100 uh, percent. But but yeah, I, I mean, I don't know what the right answer is. But what I am trying to say is that if it's good enough for Napoleon, then it's good enough for Grumpy Cat's Grumpy Christmas. It is good enough for the Grumpy Cat's Worst Christmas Ever. Yeah. That title. That's what I said. I know the title. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know the title of the movie we're talking about. You, <laughs> you, you did your prep. Yeah, of course. I can tell you that this was directed by the same guy who directed Garfield, A Tale of Two Kitties. So I got irrationally happy to see that. Yeah, our old friend. Tim. Tim Miller, I believe. <laughs> it, I think I think it is Tim Miller. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Is but it, let's go with Tim I think, Miller. I think it is. That sounds like a name of a man. <laughs> it does sound like the name of a man. But uh but yeah, it is the same director of uh the like I guess Tim Hill. What? Tim Tim Hill. You know what? I think now that I'm saying it, I think Tim Miller is the guy who directs the Deadpool movies. I think you're right about that, as yeah. a matter of fact. And I'm sure if he's listening, both he and Ryan Reynolds would be like delighted to no end to know that I thought that he directed Garfield, A Tale of Two Kitties. And Grumpy Cat's Worst Christmas Ever. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, same director. I guess this guy's wheelhouse is movies with cats that talk and are bummed out. Yeah, just malcontent cats that's his that's his that is his uh oeuvre yeah i mean i i guess so. but to back to our original and most important point this does seem to share the rules with the dog who series of films also shares i guess sort of a similar pedigree and that those were all 
made for ABC Family, and this is a Lifetime original movie that that lets you know as you watch it that it was made for Lifetime. Yes. Yeah, this movie is... I did not expect it to be as meta-commentary and self-referential as it ended up being. How did that work for you? So, in general, I would say that I, as a human being, am against when people are self-deprecating about their work. Well, especially the work that you're watching while you're, especially while you're engaging in it. Yes. Because I'm watching it, you know, so you're, you're, you've won. Yeah. <laughs> and you're telling me that it's bad. It it does kind of, to me, it always feels obviously like to some degree protective in that it's like, I'm going to make fun of this movie before you can to make it critic proof. And by acknowledging that I think it's bad, then that makes it likable. And I, I don't like that rationale of thought in a approach to a movie in general. Yeah, I think I think it's it's bad form and it's lazy. Yeah. Uh, you know, like it's one thing when. uh Jason Lee says, and sometimes you owe a favor to an old friend and looks directly at the camera. Right. No, I, that think, I think it's a different move. I think meta is OK in general. I, th- I mean, sure. Co- community Abed existed by, you know, being a character who was self-aware that he was in a television show. Right. And uh, Tim Hill's other major project, Deadpool. See, maybe that's why I, I got confused, because I was like, am I watching Deadpool right now? Is Grumpy Cat Deadpooling me? Also, Grumpy Cat, first of all, R.I.P. But second of all, yes, uh, would have made a hell of a Deadpool. Hell of a Deadpool. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know when we're going to talk about this, so I, I want to talk about it now. Grumpy Cat's real name is Tartar Sauce, mm-hmm. spelled wrong. With a D, right? Yeah, it's T-A-R-D-A-R Sauce. Yeah. That irks me, and I don't like it. Also, I have news and no offense to the people who own this cat and, uh, you know, like, I guess made it famous. Grumpy Cat's name is Grumpy Cat. Yeah. I just, (laughs) I mean. It ain't tartar sauce. Let's. Yeah. It's it's, Grumpy Cat. It's, uh, you know, like it, you lost that battle. The whatever you think your cat's name is, ask the average person what the name of this cat is, and they'll tell you Grumpy Cat. And I would argue that means that that's correct. Yeah. Um. So while we're talking about the grumpiest of cats, this Grumpy Cat that we have before us, uh, like many, I first experienced Grumpy Cat via the meme. <laughs> I mean. Yes, it'd be insane if your answer was anything else. <laughs> um, and so me this... and Grumpy used to hang out back in upstate New York. <laughs> yeah, we used to chill. You know, <laughs> I go into... out to visit in Arizona. We were buds. <laughs> me, Grumpy Cat, little bub, <laughs> keyboard cat, drop yeah, by sometimes. Just, hang. You know, I take some Zyrtec and I'd be good to go for a couple hours <laughs> hanging out with the cats. Um, you know, sometimes those, those Quiznos monsters would show up and they'd really ruin the vibe. The sponge monkeys. <laughs> Thank you. That's what they are. I will never. That is 
tattooed on my brain that those were called sponge monkeys. Sure. Which sounds like an amazing 90s alternative rock band. It does sound like they're opening for Soundgarden in 1992 at the Roxy. And they have one hit that you kind of know. And you're like, oh, this is yeah. them. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So they're basically the toadies. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um. But no. So this. So obviously, like I saw the memes, like everyone else fell in love with Grumpy Cat. They're How great, could you great. not? How could you not? Uh, and then. Somehow the the grumpiest of cats was a guest host of Monday Night Raw. <laughs> I forgot that until you said it. And this was my first time seeing anything but a still photo of Grumpy Cat. Right. And it didn't move. Yeah. I, at I, all. And it's unnerving. Okay. So, all right. That that leads me to now I need to say this. Uh, you know, because I, I'm some, I don't like to name drop on this show i don't like to like throw around look i've been i've been in the game for a while you know like i've 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 rubbed elbows with a number of celebrities but i don't like to throw that out there i don't like to big time anyone on this show but i did meet grumpy cat i, I was so jealous yeah and i i bring that up to once it was at a, a comic con and it was uh i i was holding this i know this is an audio thing but i'm gonna hold it up for andy again I have a little stuffed grumpy cat because that was the deal that if you bought this thing that I'm holding up for Andy, that is a little tiny stuffed, uh, it's a little plushie of grumpy cat, plushie of grumpy cat, then you could meet and get a photo taken with grumpy cat. So of course I'm in on this. How would you, how could you not? That's what we call in my book, a win-win. So yeah, so I'm, I'm done. Correct me if I'm wrong, but weren't the two celebrities you met that day Grumpy Cat and Stan Lee? No. Oh, oh, oh no, you're trying to meet Stan Lee and then instead won out by meeting Grumpy Cat. Yes. So the yes, the full story is I really wanted to get a photo taken with Stan Lee. Little did I know not to bring the story down too much, but this would be the last chance I'd have to get a photo taken with either one of these two. Uh, you know, pop culture luminaries that they would both pass away, sadly, not long after this fateful meeting. But no, I I actually had uh, a thing because like I was going to do the and I never do these either, but I was like literally going to pay to get a photo taken with Stan Lee as as one does. And he left early that day. So they refunded me my money and I never got to meet Stan Lee, which broke my heart still to this day. Uh, because I was going to go up to him and be like, hey, Stan Lee, I love Spider-Man. Thanks. Which I'm sure he's never heard before and would have like really gotten him, you know? Like, yeah, I, I think that that's the type of uh, personal connection that you build with yeah. Stan the man. Yes. Uh, and, but anyway, so I didn't meet him, but I met Grumpy Cat. But I say all of this to tell you that. And I'm I'm not trying to to ruin the like to break anyone's heart here to to pull back the curtain too far, but they for sure and I believe someone told me this when I was in line, they sedated that cat anytime it was in public. And you can kind of see it in the photo that I took, which I do love, but like that cat, it seemed, you know, like half half awake. I don't I don't know if it was aware. Which, I mean, is both upsetting and makes sense in that it's a, you know, I it had to be around a lot of people. 
And cats are not known for their warmth necessarily. Right. And it like at that point, it was just like laying on a pillow and you would go up and they were very clear, by the way, too. Do not touch Grumpy Cat. You can't touch Grumpy Cat. Which was weird, though, is that you did get to pet Stan Lee. Yeah, that was part of the selling point. And he would, got to get got to pet him a little bit. And he would purr. <laughs> Excelsior. And then he would explain to you how uh, he really did all the work at Marvel in the 60s. It's all him, not yeah. that hack Ditko. What did Kirby ever do? <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, Grumpy Cat's grumpiest Christmas ever. Yeah. Also, never met Steve Ditko because you couldn't. Steve right. Ditko became uh, famously reclusive and amazing in his older age. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I feel like all of these are necessary to preface this wild copy and paste movie plot that we just watched. Yeah. So, I mean, it is all wild when you really like just... I mean, we were kind of tracking it, but I, I would love like someone in the future to look back and to study this moment in history to try to figure it out. Because as you said, I mean, like Grumpy Cat was a meme because it was a cat with a, a funny face that looks like it's frowning and just like, you know, I mean, one, the Internet loves cats in general, but this cat looks like like it's bummed out. And so also and this cat is basically doing the Michaela Maroney silver medal face all the time. Yes. And so, you know, you put some text over that. Of course, that's going to be a great meme. Also, how do you look at that cat and name it Tartar Sauce? How is that what occurs to you? Maybe as a kitten, it looked like like mayonnaise with relish in it. I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. I wasn't there when it was born. Yeah. But so it was a meme. It got really popular. It had... Uh, a long stretch of of doing things like appearing on Monday Night Raw and doing photo ops at Comic Cons and selling merch. And, um, you know, I think it's fair to say, and again, I, I swear I'm not trying to bum everyone out, but like, I think that Grumpy Cat uh, lived her life like a candle in the wind because she was taken from us far too soon at the age of seven. Yeah, which is young for a cat. That yeah, I mean, I think it's young for most things. Most mammals, at any rate. Yeah. Um. Which yeah, I, I, I think, think that. But well, I think that you know, John's re-recording of it was really touching. Yeah. Also, I I know that we used that song, but I think I just it occurred to me more thematically appropriate if we can just all take a moment to remember Grumpy Cat. And just, yeah, just think of the memes. Think of that sad face. Think of it. What did it do on Monday Night Raw? It just sat on a pillow. Yeah. Was it like the GM? I'm trying to remember this. I, I think it was the guest GM that week. Yeah. Also, we don't own the rights to this music, but it would be hilarious if we got sued for this. <laughs> it really would be. Because <laughs> we've definitely gone over the legal limit at this point. I, I'd argue this is fair use. It is a part of intellectual discourse. <laughs> because this fair. song, 
the reason that we're using it and to contextualize it is because this is used in those uh, commercials about adopting pets. And we do think, and I think Sarah McLaughlin and her lawyers would agree with us that you should adopt pets from a shelter. Yeah, adopt, don't shop. Yeah. Um, Which is one of the big reasons to malign this movie. It is about a, it's about a pet store, even though I think if I read correctly, Grumpy Cat herself was, in fact, an adoption. I didn't read that, but I'm going to believe you. I'm going to go with it. I'm saying it, it's canon now. I've said it. Yeah. And for just the price of a cup of coffee, you, you too, too can get a grumpy, adopt a grumpy cat. So R.I.P. R.I.P. Tartar sauce. <laughs> yeah. Um. So anyways, so this movie, Grumpy Cat, is a cat in a pet store that the owner of the pet store plans on marketing as, as a grumpy cat because of its goofy face. And it doesn't seems to predict the Internet fame that Grumpy Cat could have. Uh, but then uh, mall owner guy. Yeah, I think he's like the landlord, the mall landlord. Uh, played by Tyler Johnson, who, if you are a fan of Letterkenny, would know that he plays Stuart on Letterkenny. So that made me happy as a fan of Letterkenny. Got to see Stuart. Um, says this guy hasn't been paying his rent. And so, but he's like, no, I got this grumpy cat and this giant furball dog. And we're going to be rich. And then a band tries to steal the dog. Yeah. Further confirming that this takes place in the same cinematic universe as the dog who films. It ultimately is a plot, not just about telepathic animals that communicate with one another, but is also a plot about two bumbling thieves who are who have a half baked plan to rob something that is ultimately thwarted by the animal hero and their human in this movie eventual owner but yes um but the other other switch is that there is a spontaneous heel turn by uh paul blart mall cop yes the the guy i don't remember that actor's name but i will forever remember him because he played jay leno in the HBO original film about the the night shift, yeah, yeah called the late night shift. shift, the late shift, yeah, that was about the whole Jay Leno, David Letterman, uh, Tonight Show, yeah, saga, which was only if you're keeping track at home, one of two uh, Tonight Show dramas to happen yeah, involving one of two Jay, times Leno. That Jay Leno snaked. The Tonight Show away from the host of Late Night. Yeah, both at the beginning and end of Jay Leno's tenure, he managed <laughs> to keep someone uh, who, I, I'm just going to say it, I think would have done a better job hosting The Tonight Show. I I do wonder about that sometimes. And again, you know, when are we ever going to talk about The Late Shift? Uh, because... I think that if Letterman had taken over the Tonight Show, they would have wanted Letterman to host the Tonight Show and he would have wanted to 
be his own thing. Which I think is a little bit of what, like, Conan was sandbagged completely anyway, because he was given the Tonight Show briefly, but then they gave Jay Leno the, like, before Tonight Show, Tonight Show. They gave him, like, a primetime version of it. But even Conan, I think, had to tone down what he did. Yeah. Um, But anyways, Grumpy Cat. Yeah. Well, again, it's all relevant because I can't see the guy who played the security guard without remembering that they had him play Jay Leno. That's right. Yeah. That is that is uh, that is a true statement. Also, I I never watched that movie, full disclosure. So I don't know if they had him recreate any of Jay Leno's stint on uh, WCW Nitro or not. They did not. Oh, that's a shame. It was all before that. It's a shame because that was his best work. Oh, unequivocally. Because he didn't spend his Tonight Show money. He only spent his WCW Nitro money. Yes. <laughs> he spends it now, right? I feel like that's always said about him, that he never spent the Tonight Show money. But, like, he's using it now, right? He's not just going to be, like, buried with it, is he? Uh, no, he's going to be buried with it. Okay. Yeah, I'm not. I'm going to be like a pharaoh. Uh, did you ever notice that? I'm going to get buried with it. I'm going to be like a pharaoh. I'm going to be a pharaoh. Yeah, yeah. Jay. <laughs> Bury me with a grumpy cat. Yeah. Kevin. You heard about this? Um, you seeing this? <laughs> you, this? you see this? This cat's real grumpy. Pretty great. Yeah, it's a grumpy cat. I feel like we should clarify that was not Jay Leno. That was us doing an impression. I know that's probably confusing. <laughs> Wait, there weren't just two Jay Lenos here? <laughs> no. Get right out of town. Yeah. Um. Anyways, so. Yeah. I don't know. This movie just is like a boilerplate foil the crooks planned who didn't really have a plan and then adopt Grumpy Cat and everyone lives grumpily ever after. Well, let's let's zero in a little bit more than that, because I, I'd like to hold Do us. We to, have to. No. I would like to hold us to a higher standard, Andy. All right. I ins- if you insist, because there's a few things that I feel like we need to take a, a closer look at. So, OK, first of all, you already said it. The, the pet shop owner correctly surmises that Grumpy Cat is probably ultimately the put you know like cash cow of his pet shop in that like with the correct amount of marketing could be an internet sensation but then doesn't follow up on it but he gets this dog that's for some reason even though this dog for sure just looks like a regular dog that was easily available to them we're told yeah, I mean, a- it's a cute dog right. don't get me wrong but in the in the movie it's like this dog is worth millions and What's wild about this, there's a few things that are really bizarre about the plot, is that the two wet bandits of the film that are going to rob the mall, originally they're going to steal jewelry from the jewelry store, and they kind of find out, like, there's, you know, diamond rings that are worth thousands of dollars that they could get from the jewelry store, and they have an inside man in the Jay Leno Paul Blart that works there, and so they could get in there and take it. But instead, they decide to take the dog. They're going to steal the dog, which is why you know it's easier than stealing jewels. Yeah. Living things. Yeah. An unpredictable animal is a lot easier to wrangle through a mall than like to get a garbage bag and fill it with diamonds. You know, diamonds famously difficult to transport, but uh, they are to- impossible to sell illegally. Right. They're so traceable, unlike animals. <laughs> uh, but they they decide to steal the dog. 
I I also find it wild that this the the pet owner, the the pet shop owner. I'm not trying to blame the victim of this crime, but I am a little bit in that like he basically holds a press conference to say like I have this dog and it's worth millions of dollars, and then just leaves the dog in the store. He does. He could take it home with him. He could be at the store to watch it. Nope. Just hey. gonna leave that that pet and all the other pets unattended in the pet shop overnight because why not they're fine yeah no no half-assed criminals are gonna come steal it and then the only reason that all this is thwarted is and we haven't really talked about this and i think it's so important that we do there's a 12 year old girl who doesn't have any friends who meets except for every adult at the mall except for every adult in the mall because her mom works at the mall who Befriends a guy that may or may not actually be Santa Claus because he both seems to be a very fake Santa Claus, but also seem to actually have access to real magic. So this. This is almost a silver lining for me. <laughs> it's not that, not a silver lining. <laughs> so just because. The the person that's playing the mall, Santa looks like Santa. Yes. Real beard and everything. Mm-hmm. Real Santa played by comedian Russell Peters. Yes. Yeah. Who in a it, very cheap beard who looks very fake and who is immediately called out by the little girl as being fake. And he says he's filling in for the mall Santa. But then he has this like magical coin that he tells her if she makes a wish, it'll come true. And she wishes to be able to hear animals. No, 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 no. She does not. Oh, she wishes for a friend. She That's wishes right. for a friend, but the way that that is monkey paw. And pawed, she gets monkey paw. Yeah, yeah. Is that she can now hear only Grumpy Cat telepathically communicate with her and right, none of the other animals. Friend. Yeah. So then because of that, she seems to ha- like, here's where the movie. It, you know, I mean, I guess you got to make your own judgment about how you feel morally about this. So the villains of the movie, their plan is to break into the pet shop and steal this dog that's worth a lot of money to sell it. The hero of the movie, her plan is to break into the pet shop to steal a cat that could potentially also be worth a lot of money. Yeah. And in the end, she stops them, which then the pet shop owner's just like, ah, okay. And like, he knows that she broke in, knows that she stole Grumpy Cat. And just lets her get away with it. Right. And then she gets Grumpy Cat as a Christmas present. And hired by the pet shop, I believe, too. She gets a job. Yeah, she also gets a job. Yeah. Um, I mean, I know we're kind of skipping around here, but uh, when she goes to look under the tree for Grumpy Cat, she just starts shaking packages. That is great. Yeah. And, oh, man. And then, to your point earlier, when Grumpy Cat... She's like, oh, I was hoping for Grumpy Cat. And her mom's like, hold on. She turns around and grabs a platter and spins it around. And Grumpy Cat does not move off of the platter. No, not one inch. Which, you know, the more we talk about this, I'm realizing that they treated Grumpy Cat like a starlet in the 1930s that essentially just doped that poor cat up and forced her to hit her marks. tartar sauce. (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. Um... Yeah. <laughs> and then there's this weird B story of the guy trying to date her mom that is grossly underdeveloped. That 
is again in the this movie wanting to hedge its own bets, like called out by Grumpy Cat as being a bad B story that nobody cares about. Um, yeah. If we haven't mentioned it, Grumpy Cat's voiced by Aubrey Plaza. I don't think I, we I think have that, yet, but I don't think we have mentioned it, but yes. Yeah. Uh, Grumpy Cat is voiced by Aubrey Plaza. Which might have been obvious because we did play the clip at the beginning. But Sure, but you know, I feel like we have to give uh, credit where it is due. Yeah, which I don't know. Is that... Are we ready to pivot? I, I think I could be ready to pivot. I, I mean, I'm sure we're going to come across other things to malign as we go through, but um, I don't know. Like, I want to say that Aubrey Plaza is full-on Harrison Fording this. That she's flying an airplane? Yes. No, no, no. I mean, she's like, this took her an hour. I, but yeah, I, I know what you mean, but I I think she is giving it more. And I look, I'm going to say, because we pivoted and I want to say it, like, I think that, first of all, whoever decided to cast Aubrey Plaza as the voice of Grumpy Cat, no notes, you your instincts yeah, were correct. Casting and, genius. And... I, Aubrey Plaza, because she is good casting for a grumpy cat, her entire persona, which I do enjoy, it's impossible to ever know if she's sincere about anything because she no, never seems sincere. Yeah, you never know if she's being completely sincere or the fakest person ever. And and so I think it's hard to read, but I do think that she is giving it effort. I won't say her all. <laughs> I don't think well, she's giving I, it her all. Yeah, I think that once I think that she went in and she was just going to cold read and be done with it. But then when she's like, wait a minute, the cat's mouth isn't going to be I'm not sinking with anything. Yeah. Can I just have fun? Yes. And they're like, you know what, Aubrey? Yes. Yeah. It felt loose. I think I'd say that that like her performance feels loose. It doesn't like because to be clear, what Andy's referencing is the the benchmark for someone who does not want to be on on camera in a movie, which is Harrison Ford's performance in The Rise of Skywalker, which should be studied in all film classes because the man, if he was on that set for 30 minutes, I'd be shocked. They definitely, <laughs> someone ushered him in, told him what X to stand on. Uh, Wally, the cue card guy from Seth Meyers' show, held up his lines. He read them once and then was in a car before... <laughs> and then she hear him is like, and all right, we're ready to roll. Yeah. Where'd Harrison go? Yeah. And he was gone. And that's actually iPhone footage that they had to use. Yeah. That was just someone happened to be recording like, oh, my God, Harrison Ford's on set. Yeah. Let me record this rehearsal. What? That's all we had. Yep. That's and he the only footage. And he literally got into his airplane that was parked outside, I assume, with like yeah. two bags with dollar signs on them and flew away. Um, and it's the greatest performance in the history of cinema. It's fantastic. I also just find it so funny that he hates Star Wars so much, but he would do another Indiana Jones movie tomorrow if they offered it to him. 100%. Yeah. I will say it did seem like he did enjoy doing uh, Force Awakens because he no, got to die. I think that first of all, he's always wanted to die in those movies, and I think someone letting him die excited him. And he's good in The Force Awakens, and I think he did enjoy it, but I think he was like, well, I died, so I'm done now. I'm finally putting an end to Star Star Wars. And then they J.J. Abrams came back to him and was like, well, you got to do the last one, which also we talked about this at the time. But that makes no sense because he's not a Jedi. He's not capable of being a force ghost. There's no reason that Han Solo 
should show up after he dies. None. Anyway, just saying. Anyways, um, yeah, I mean, I think a lot of the silver lining for this movie begins and ends with Aubrey Plaza in some ways, like MST3King the movie. Yeah. While I, it's happening. Again, I mean, we talked a lot about that it, it's being meta and but I do think because it is Grumpy Cat, I think the times that it successfully works are when Grumpy Cat see like it's the difference between Grumpy Cat actively shitting on the movie and Grumpy Cat seeming like Grumpy Cat does not want to be a part of its own movie. And I think the times right. that they hit that second gear, which all replaza does really well. I really enjoyed it of just like, of course, it's Grumpy Cat's Christmas movie and Grumpy Cat's the narrator. Of course, she doesn't want to be there and doesn't want yeah. to be doing this, you know? Yeah. Grumpy Cat does not want to be in a Christmas movie. And I think that's and that something. tracks. Yes. And that was that's the right kind of meta, not the, you know, boy, this looks so cheap and lazy. Yeah. Which also, by the way, too, like, I think an example again, I know we we pivoted, but just of like the wrong kind was that there was a scene where it seemed like Grumpy Cat was going to drive the convertible to chase after uh, the the bad guys, which I liked. And then they even have the little girl say like, but your feet can't touch the pedals. And then Grumpy Cat says, why did you have to say that? I'm fine with all of that. And I liked it. I liked the idea of Grumpy Cat driving the car. But the where they go too far and what I don't like is then they for some reason feel the need to have Grumpy Cat say, well, that didn't happen. And it's like, why? Why are you holding yourself to a standard of realism? Just have them switch seats. Because you're also about to have a 12 year old girl drive this car at high speeds like she's a stunt driver. Right. We're not. Con it, and again, it's a telepathic animal movie. I don't think realism should be your concern. No, um, you know, and if there's one thing I know from my years of consuming popular culture is that if Toonses is a cat that can drive a car, so is Grumpy Cat. Yeah, the Grumpy Cat can totally drive a car. Why not? Let let justice for Grumpy Cat. Let Grumpy Cat drive the damn car. Also, I mean, the little girl could have just like worked the gas and brake pedals and let Grumpy Cat steer. And that would have been adorable. Right? Yeah. Anyways, um. Yeah, like Aubrey Plaza is the best at Aubrey Plazaing in the world. Yeah, I have no one else compares. Um, the, she, her her shtick is very unique, but like, and I don't think anyone else could really pull it off the way that she does. Like, and it's gonna, fun, and I like it. I'm gonna take a big, bold take here too. Of the two films directed by this director. Starring a morose cat. I think her performance is better. Than uh, Sir William of Murray? Yeah, I'm saying it. Oh, I think so, too. Yeah, yeah I'll, 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 I'll back that. I will. I will co-sign with that. And I'm look, I, I love Bill Murray, obviously, as, as a performer. Love Bill Murray. As a performer. <laughs> I love everything about him. You might want to Google that. <laughs> uh, He's dating Khalees. But I'll just say, I look, I'm just going to say, I think that for sure Aubrey Plaza could have been in Ghostbusters, but I don't think he could have pulled off April in uh, Parks and Recreation. You know what? I, I think I, I don't think 
I don't think that April could have been played by a 64-year-old man. Right. I think that's an act. Yeah. I, I, I don't think that he'd have the same chemistry with Chris Pratt. No. No. Definitely not. And look, she got the best out of Chris Pratt. She was so charming in her relationship with Chris Pratt that she launched his entire regrettable movie career. Yeah. So she's both to thank and to blame. Bless you, Aubrey Plaza. Also, I'm just Aubrey. If you're listening, you would have been a hell of a Peter Venkman. You would have you would have been a really good Peter Venkman. And she would have had great chemistry with Sigourney Weaver. She would have had great. I mean, you know, when you're right, you're right, Joel. I can't. Uh, <laughs> I can't. Uh, I, I, it's unassailable point of view. I can't find anything. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I'm just imagining Bill Murray talking about how much he loves neutral milk hotel while Chris Pratt is annoyed. Yeah. It doesn't, doesn't hit as good. Doesn't hit as well. Yeah. Anyway, she's a huge silver lining. Look, gotta be said, gotta be stated. And I'm not just saying this because we met and we're old friends, but second silver lining, Grumpy Cat. Oh, yeah. Grumpy Cat's definitely. I mean, Grumpy Cat is absolutely a silver lining of this movie. Yeah, I that I mean, you see the face and you you're like, that's that's this whole I, the movie didn't need to happen to make a movie based on a cat. That's a meme. But if you're going to make a movie based on a cat, that's a meme. The close-ups of that face, just chef's kiss. Yeah, no one's watching Keyboard Cat, the movie. No. Also, I just, I loved the times when it was very obvious, and I think Aubrey Plaza even called this out, when it just, you could tell that someone just had Grumpy Cat shaking from side to side in a close-up to make it look like she was dancing. It's good stuff. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, no notes. Yeah. Yeah. A plus. Um, I thought the actress, uh, I think it's like that played the the twelve year old girl. I thought she did a good job. I enjoyed. I enjoyed her. She was good. I think they A plus for the casting because she seemed like a little girl that seemed kind of sad, like she would adopt a grumpy cat. You know, like there was something yes. about. The way she played it and in her overall demeanor that like it, it when I saw her, I knew that she was going to be the little girl that ended up with Grumpy yes. Cat. Megan Charpentier. It's a great name. Yeah. I'm I'm assuming it's pronounced Charpentier. If it's not, it's like, I don't want to know because that's just melodic. Yeah, um, that's what I'm going with. Megan Charpentier. And if you're out there listening, Megan, and I know that you are. If we're wrong, don't correct us because that's great. It should be from now on. If you're Megan Sharpenter, just I don't. Or Megan Charpenter or Charpenter. something. <laughs> Charpentier. Charpentier. That's what I'm going with. Charpentier. Yeah, I like it. Um, but yeah, no, she, I liked. I thought she would was uh, did a good job as uh, the morose child with the morose cat. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um. I mean, that, look, that can be enough. I think it's I mean, it's I think it is enough. I think um, I think that this may have 
dog who saved better than the dog who saved movies. There's no may have about it, friend. I I think that this did out dog who saved the dog who saved. And if only we lived in a world where instead of having done four, do we do four, four. of those? If there were dog th- who saved Christmas, dog who saved Christmas vacation, yeah, dog who saved the holidays, and dog who saved Halloween. If there were three more Grumpy Cat movies with Aubrey Plaza voicing Grumpy Cat, I gladly watch all of them for this podcast. Yes, if there was uh, the Grumpy Cat's worst holidays ever, the Grumpy Cat's worst Christmas vacation ever, and the Grumpy Cat's worst Halloween ever. If only, and also an Easter one that we haven't watched yet. And God help us, we won't. It's a better but, timeline. Um, I will say this movie is severely lacking in Joey Coco Diaz, though, compared to the Dog Who Saved movies. I think if you swapped out the either member of the weird band that was trying to steal the dog for Joey Coco Diaz, it's immediate. It goes up a full star in my book. The overall rating from so, zero to one. <laughs> I was going to say one and a half, but you're not wrong. <laughs> um, no, this uh, I don't know. This is a weird time capsule of the mid teens. And that there's something to be said for that, too. It's I, Crumpy Cat in a movie. I think it's a silver lining that this movie would be impossible to explain to someone alive 30 years ago or who's going to be alive 30 years from now. There is zero chance that you could properly contextualize why this movie existed. No, there. yeah, there's there's no way you could explain. It's like, all right. Person from <laughs> 1993. In about a decade, there's going to be these things called memes. What? And they're memes. It's uh, based on mimetic marketing where uh, an idea becomes sort of ubiquitous throughout society uh, based on very simple premises. And there's basically just photographs with funny captions. Okay. That, I get that part. On this thing called the internet. We have the internet. It's, it's You get those discs from, uh, from the, right. it's the grocery exactly store. Like that. Nothing has changed. Yeah. Um. One of these memes is a cat. You just use your grumpy. landline to connect to. Right. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Same. No, no. Yep. Nothing has changed there. And, and one of these memes, one of these photographs involved a cat with a perpetual scowl on its face. Okay. That sounds and then delightful. It would say, and then it would say, you know, grumpy stuff. And okay. It was called grumpy cat. Sure. Makes total sense to me. And this is a real cat named tartar sauce. What? The cat is a real cat. It's not like a, a no. That photo. wasn't that wasn't the part that confused me. The cat's name isn't Grumpy Cat. Yeah, the Grumpy Cat was a nickname applied later. Okay, but it is a Grumpy Cat, and its cat's name should be Grumpy Cat. Uh, and it got so popular that they decided to make a Lifetime Christmas movie starring the cat. So, like, the cat goes back to its small town. And uh, is trying to buy a ski lodge and then... No, no, no. A, a pet Christmas movie where uh, someone wants to adopt a pet, but they're not allowed to adopt a pet. But then they, in the end, get to adopt the pet. That type of Christmas movie. Okay, that makes more sense. So that's yeah. all that happens. It's just about adopting a pet. Um. Well, no, there's also uh, people try to rob the pet store and the girl and the grumpy cat save the day. Okay. 
that's oh and the cat is voiced by uh the co-star of a popular sitcom who has a very unique comedic sensibility i mean that makes sense um and that's the only thing you have to worry about for the next 30 years Okay, because it's 1993, so there's nothing coming up that you want to... You you got in your time machine to tell yep. me about this movie. That's the only thing. Man, there's the future no, sounds nothing great. Else, nothing else. Nothing else I need to tell you about. <laughs> nothing coming down the pipe in about nine years. Nothing. Okay. Anyway, me and my friends are going to ironically go to Trump Tower because that guy's such a stupid loser. Yeah, what an idiot, right? <laughs> Man, the future sounds great. No notes. Silver Linings Playback is a production of Hobotrashcan.com. If you enjoyed the show, please rate or review it on Apple Podcasts. Hear more great shows on the Peak Sloth Podcast Network, like this one. Hey guys, it's Sean. And Carter. From Potato. Salad. Marmalade. Aid. 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 Potato Aid. Salad Marmalade. Another podcast here on the Peak Sloth Network. Check it out.